Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Father, we do thank you that we're not here by accident. We thank you for your word. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We'll take your word to heart this morning. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're here in this great city to see London turned and changed. We're just so grateful for the closeness sometimes we get to encounter with you. And we thank you that it continues to increase. Even if 10,000 fall at our side, it'll not come nigh us. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for guiding us as your people, your chosen people, like a family in the earth. Just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) There's a kind of feeling this morning, like scared of doing something wrong. But we're not going to do anything wrong. We're just God's people, you know. And when I say just, that's big. That's really big because we have no idea on this journey of faith what that really means and what it is going to mean more and more. I don't know about you, but God's changing us, isn't he? He's changing us. It's wonderful. I love it. He's encouraging us. He's stretching us. He's pulling us. Why don't you open your Bibles with me to uh, Philippians 3, 20 in the Amplified. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this month. I've been writing some things down and The other day when we were driving back from the barn, I can't remember, I think it was Friday, we were listening to Radio Suffolk, I think it was. It's quite an interesting channel to listen to. And they were talking about Irish passports and English passports, I guess, or any other passport, and who had a right to an Irish passport. And they said, if you have Irish ancestry, you have a right to having an Irish passport. And I thought, well, I don't want an Irish passport. I'm happy with my English one, my British one. Sorry for any Irish. But the Lord began to speak to me and said, you know, nothing happens by accident. Proverbs 16 tells us even the accidental things are actually ordered by the Lord. And you have to be aware of that. When we were singing this morning, we were singing Chosen, then we were singing about wonder, and wonder just came up and Rod kind of nudged me. I had my eyes closed. I don't know. I was swimming somewhere in the spirit. It was gone somewhere. And I looked and there was little wonder. And nothing happens by accident. So I was listening to this program and listening to it in the car coming back. And the Lord began to talk to me and said, you have dual citizenship. And I had to really think about it. Because I'd been thinking about the word for this month and what God wanted to quicken. And I believe what he wants to say to you is, you have citizenship. You have dual citizenship. And you can choose, like Rod's already said, which side of the line you're going to stand. So here in Philippians 3, we can read where it says, But we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. And from it... Also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior, who will transform and fashion anew the body, this body of our humiliation, to conform 
too and be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself. That's so powerful. And you could just kind of stop right there and say, I just want to process that. Because wait a minute, I'm in a body that is a body of humiliation, but I'm going to... I'm being transformed into a body of glory and everything, everything in that place is subject to himself. And as a citizen of heaven, I have access to heaven. In other words, Philippians 4.19 tells us that he meets our needs according to his riches in glory. And I've been thinking about that a lot and on the way back the other day from chosen i was talking to ray's wife denise and she interprets dreams and i say now you tell me we could have done a workshop at chosen and i told her about my dream that i had about the 800 million coming to me and she said wow that's really a new beginning eight new beginning and i was like yeah i guess i was focused for a while on the money just get me the money and then i can get going And God was teaching me wisdom all year about giving, about keeping my mind renewed to a new beginning. And so I've been thinking very differently this year. I've been thinking about all kinds of things from a very different perspective. So I want to tell you this morning, would you look at the perspective of being a citizen, chosen citizen from heaven, and would you look at the future where all things are subjected under his feet. Would you not worry about your body for a moment, but think about bringing glory to God. We've been dealing with, me mostly, a friend of ours in California whose uh, husband's been diagnosed with some dementia, so he's been told he can't drive. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about, you know, whatever, wherever God is not glorified, I wrote this down, that place is sick. A.W. Towers has said it, and I've just been thinking about it. Whatever place God is not glorified. I know it's going to be kind of heavy a bit, but it's okay. Sometimes we need this. Okay? Wherever God is not glorified, that place is sick. So you can think about in your own life, in your soul, in your insides, in your feet, in your arms. Where? They all have a symbolism. And I was thinking, gosh, no wonder the 800 million hasn't started coming yet. Because actually in my soul, my soul wasn't ready. My body wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for what God had planned. God has plans. God's plans to give you the future that you hope for. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. That's God's plan. He wants to give you the future that you hope for. So best to step over and pray for it and pray for God to cause me, my faith, my life, my soul, my thoughts, my whole being to come and bring you glory. Because what I'm not a citizen of England. I'm not just a, it doesn't matter about my passport. I'm actually a citizen of heaven. So in thinking about this, I couldn't help but think about Habakkuk, and we'll probably just look at him for a minute. Why don't you just turn over for a minute to Habakkuk. Find Habakkuk 1. 
Because living by faith is quite a bewildering venture. You know, you're never quite sure what's coming next. And part of you kind of gets a bit antsy thinking, what's coming next? You know, but the reality is you are chosen, you are God's beloved. And that doesn't always mean you get preferential treatment. You know, I love what it said. I was reading in the Message Bible last night, and I typed out a bit this morning, where he says, it is natural to assume that since I'm God's chosen and beloved, I will get favorable treatment from God who favors me so extravagantly. It's not unreasonable to expect from the time that I become his follower, I will be exempt from dead ends, muddy detours, cruel treatments from the travelers I meet daily who are walking in the other direction. And a lot of people walk in the other direction. And we walk against the tide, don't we? God followers don't always get preferential treatment in life. And that comes as a bit of a surprise to us because we're like, excuse me. I'm not, I don't mean to sound proud this morning, but I am God's child. So I do expect him, if he wants me to go somewhere, to provide, to make space. Here I come. Whether it's Harrods or whether it's Los Angeles, I'm on a mission. Okay, I expect it. But it's also a surprise to find out that there are a few men and women within the Bible who show up alongside us at such moments. There are, there are people in my life, and I know they've come from God, even if they've come from the far ends of the earth. I know that they've come to walk alongside me to help me get the job done. And when we do authentic lives, you learn your core value. You know, you say, well, maybe that's not important. Listen, it's really important to me because when we have done core values, and I've learned that, like John isn't here this morning, but he radiates peace, I need that. When we need tens of thousands of pounds to do something for God, God requires the element of my faith. He requires my prayer life. God doesn't always put all these things, don't just, oh my gosh, there's a canine coming in here. I could have brought the dogs, look. (laughs) Sorry, guys, this is church. Hello, canine. Come hear the word. Oh, everybody say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, we are a family after all, even if we get to be 10,000 or when we get to be 10,000, we're still a family. But I've forgotten what I was saying now, but anyway, (laughs) couldn't be important. (laughs) I just feel a sense of God this morning on us. And I want us to look at Habakkuk because Habakkuk started out looking around in the natural. He didn't consider himself. And maybe you have to look at yourself afresh this morning. Maybe you've been looking at your natural. Look at this problem. Oh my gosh. Oh, this hurts. That hurts. This isn't this way. That isn't whatever. Habakkuk started out with this burden and he said in verse two, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help that you will not hear and cry out to you of violence and you will not save? I know for me, I was crying out to God, crying out to God and The confrontation came the night I was in Keith Richards, the Rolling Stones guitar player, living room. And I was thinking, God, I was screaming from the inside. Now, if anybody had looked at my life, they would have never, never in a million years said I had a hunger for God. Because I was partying, I was rocking on, I was there. 
with the Rolling Stones and life was cool. And my father even said to me, Julie, I don't know what's the matter with you. You live like Frank Sinatra in the south of France on private yachts and planes and you're not happy. And I couldn't put my finger on the fact why I wasn't happy. I just didn't feel deep down right. You know, you've got to feel deep down right. doesn't matter where you are in life. You've got to feel good deep down. That's what it's all about. And so I was crying out. I was a complainer. I was one. I was like, God, where are you? And I don't think any of us are any particularly different from Habakkuk. I believe today God's people cry out. They cry out. God, where are you? Don't you have some promises in your life for your marriage, for your life, for your future, for your nation? God, where are you? And I'm just here today to tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. So don't get that right. Don't worry about that, okay? Even if it gets a bit intense and you feel like you're going to have a meltdown. Hey, I had a meltdown this week. And they're not pretty meltdowns. You're screaming. You want some attention. You're a baby. You cry. You know, you yell. It's somebody else's fault. It's not my fault. You know, (laughs) it's a meltdown. Even my grandson, who is 12, my son told me he had a meltdown. You know, you have meltdowns. I bet Lucy's had a meltdown. Don't worry about it. It's called a meltdown. You know what? God loves us there. We heard this morning, sing song. he loves us in our meltdown, and he just picks us up, and he says, come on, you're forgiven. Let's move on. So never mind the meltdown you had this week. Never mind. We're moving on. Even like Habakkuk. So I was telling you this story when I was having this meltdown. The last thing in the world I wanted was to be there in this house again and listen to more rock and roll. I didn't want that. Didn't God hear me? Didn't he know I was crying out? Didn't he know there was something working that I couldn't put in words on the inside of me that was crying out to him? Do you see yourself here? Do you see the promise of God in your life? Do you see yourself? Why don't you turn over? Turn over for a minute. You know, what happened to me was, I remember just everybody got up from the table, left the table. I don't know where they went, down to the studios, makeshift studio. And I just sat there and I thought, what have I done with my life? What is my life about? I didn't know then to put in English words, my life was about bringing, being a part of bringing God's sounds in music to this world, to London. I didn't know God was a redeemer. I didn't know God. I just knew I wanted him. I knew I wanted to get it right with him. Now, look what Habakkuk does, or Habakkuk. I don't quite know how you say it. (laughs) Say it how you like. It's still the same. Chapter 2. Look what he says. He says, I know I've been rash to talk plainly this way to God. I will in my thinking stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower or fortress. And I will watch to see what he will say within me and what answer I will make as his mouthpiece to the perplexities of my complaint. In other words, Habakkuk, He's an incredible prophet, really, because he speaks out to God boldly, 
but he knows what to do. You know what to do? You go get alone. You go get totally alone with God, and you watch and wait to see what God's going to say on the inside of you. I was getting in a conversation with a girl in Dis this week, just near the barn, and she said, I said, how are you doing? And she said, oh, I've just got to get alone. I've got so many things I want to do. And I thought, yes, there we go, destiny. See, if you want your destiny, get alone. If you want to know what's on the inside of you, get alone and wait. And wait to see what God says. I know that I know that I know that I want to see Hyde Park flooded with Tens of thousands of people singing. But I went and I got alone and God said, you're going to have to wait until the music becomes popular in the streets. I thought, oh, when's that ever going to happen? Right now we're singing wonderful songs to each other in church. But God is working and raising up people to make huge amounts of money, to make faith come alive to make songs that do touch the world and people to get their hearts right. And if I look in the natural, I'll start griping and complaining. But if I look in the spirit as a citizen of heaven, I'll be fine. So I really encourage you this morning to make a shift. We're in the right season to head into the new Hebraic year to make the shift that I'm ready for the success that God wants to bring my life. I'm ready for it. I'm going to hold my ground, be stable. Look, look what happened to Habakkuk. He just sat there. He listened. He wrote the vision. In verse 2, the Lord answered him and said, write the vision. What do you see? Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon the tablets that everyone who passes will be able to read it. This, this vision writing isn't like nobody else can write the vision for this church but God. And God's going to give it in a divine order. Now, what's your part in it? Read the vision. We know we have to write it. We know we have to get things clear. There's this part. There's that part. There's this part. There's that part. There's the children, the youth. It's coming together. I just want to encourage you this morning to be patient because God is with us. We don't have all the bits right. We don't have the venue yet, but it's coming. We know where we want it. We want it in Covent Garden, in the center of where everything is happening. We want, we want God to show up in the center of London. We're not vague or thoughtless or foolish concerning the will of God. But like Habakkuk, we've got to write it down and we've got to write it plainly. Verse 3 says, the vision is yet for an appointed time. It hastens to the end, the fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. There's no disappointment. You know what? Sometimes we get, I know I do, I get oh, frustrated. I get impatient. I want to get out of this city. I want to get out of that house. I want to get out of the responsibilities. I want to run like fast as I can. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm like that with stuff. Okay, let's go. Let's get Israel on the map. Let's get this prayer meeting on the map. Why am I so passionate about prayer? Because prayer is for the future. And your future is as good as your prayer life. And so if you're praying all kind of, good luck, have a great future. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Woo. 
Uh, they just come. These things just come. I don't mean to be up on the sheep, be up on you, but I'm telling you the truth. Walking with Jesus means walking with resurrection power. Walking with Jesus doesn't mean coming to church. It means raising the dead. It means healing the sick. It means miracles. Miracles. That's what it means. Let's not just get good at coming to church every week. God bless you for the struggles and the things that you make to get here. But when you get here, let's see the sick healed. I'm expecting. I don't mind who does it. We don't care who who is the vehicle that God uses. Just get healed. Just be well. Just be filled. Just don't let your soul be like, oh, you know. Okay, so I like Habakkuk, I like this chat. I'm going to look forward to meeting him because he knew that the vision was for an appointed day and over here in verse 3 in the Amplified, he says, though it tarries, wait earnestly because it will surely come. You know what's in your heart will surely come to pass. It will come. Sometimes you've got to fight for your destiny, but it will come. Sometimes it's a heck of a fight, but it's going to come. God's going to shift. If you will hold on to God and make yourself right with God, whatever that means, whatever that takes, because Jesus has done it, the vision will come. Now look what happens. You read on down, and he, and he goes on in, in Habakkuk 2, he just got three little books in the Bible. It's not a huge prophetic book to wade through. It's not kind of like Isaiah that pulls you apart every other day. Habakkuk is very interesting because he starts out whining, looking around in the natural, looking at Babylon, this, this nation of ungodly people that's sent to wake up a godly nation. You could say, you know where I'm going, Look at this nation. Look at the nations who come here to take us to a place. But we're, we're waking up. We are in Brexit. There's not all this arguing about, never mind, we're in it. We're out of the domination of the EU rule. Hallelujah. We're not going to go back there and it's not going to get like that. We're, we're there. We're in it. The vision is for an appointed time. Now... It's our time to learn what God is saying, to warn the neighboring nations. The adversary is coming to be prophetic people. I just feel like stand up for a minute. Come on. Say, I've made a choice. I'm going to be a prophetic person. I'm going to be a prophetic person. I'm just going to be it. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm going to start living in it. I'm going to start singing my song. We just, we just stand before you this morning, Father. We're not, we're not frazzled. We're not sleeping. We're ready. Prepare us for the future. Because you want to give us the future that we've hoped for. We're so on the edge. We're so on the edge. We're so ready. We know that we're on the edge. And I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost, that you're with us to help us. In Jesus' name.
Oh, part of me is like, you know, I just so on the edge. I can feel it. I can feel it. You know, and, and the circumstances that aroused Habakkuk took place, listen to this from the Message Bible, in the 7th century. The prophet realized that God was going to use the godless military machine of Babylon. Oh, did I say Muslim? No, I didn't. I said Babylon. To bring God's judgment on God's own people using a godless nation to punish a godly nation. That's Old Testament. Rod's been posting some things about the mercy of God. We need to be a people who begin releasing this every day. I think it's wonderful. There's a sense of a corporateness coming in our worship. There was a sense this morning, a feeling that we all wanted to sing because we know we're chosen, because we know we've been gifted from God. We all wanted to come into some of those songs singing. And it's like, get over yourself. This isn't about you or me. This is about God. This is about God. And uh, he was bold enough, Habakkuk dared to voice his feelings that God didn't know his own God's business. Haven't you ever said, I've said to God, hello, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? I need this man. I can't live my life and fulfill my purpose if God's not alive. Didn't we all say that? Didn't we all argue? Didn't we all get in God's face? Didn't we all say, God, what are you doing? Don't we sometimes say, what are you doing? Habakkuk did the same thing. What are you doing? Why am I here? He dared to raise his voice. I I don't think God is going to be frightened if you get up tomorrow morning and say, what are you doing? Show me who you are. How did I get, how did I get to the places I've got to? I don't know. I just sat down one day in Barclay Square House all those years ago working at Conoco Oil and I just thought, God, don't you have anything for my life? And I banged my hand on the London Evening Standard. I just banged it. I was mad. I'm like, don't you have anything? Don't you just ask God something? Don't you have anything else for my life? And I lifted my hand up, and that little tiny two-line advert jumped up. Famous impresario, seek secular. And I thought, that'll do. What's an impresario? I didn't know it turned out to be Brian Epstein. I didn't know we were going to end up. I didn't know that God had got planned to show me how music can change the face of the earth. We have it here. And I'm serious, if you're in this church, you're not here by accident. You have a dream in your heart. You have permission to dream it. We'll teach you how to pray. We'll teach you how to overcome the flesh and the sickness and the money stuff. We'll teach you how to be overcomers. And then we'll move over into the place Habakkuk was. Look what he did. He says in verse 17 in the Amplified, it's just the third, he, I mean, he prays. I love this. Well, let me just not get ahead of myself. Habakkuk 1, uh, Habakkuk 3, verse 1, he says, A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, set to wild, enthusiastic, triumphant music. I love that. It's okay to pray when they're worshiping. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to let your spirit become ignited. It's okay. It's okay to dance around. It's it's okay. We're not going to tell you off. Okay? We're going to teach you. We're going to help you. We're here to help you. 
He said, oh, Lord, I've heard the report of you. And I was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. That's my prayer. Come on. When I worked for the Beatles, I came out of the office at night. And God has promised me. He spoke to me personally and said, you're going to see more in your day than you ever saw. You're going to see more in your day than you ever saw. And I kind of laughed. You know why? Because I haven't seen more. I laughed all those years ago, driving that white Corvette to that little Covenant Faith Center church way up in North L.A., learning the word, learning the word. These guys, they knew the word. They knew the word. They knew the word. They knew what the word said. And their whole conversation was, this is what the word says. This is what the word says. They had an answer from the word for every situation. And I used to come out of there, my head reeling. Because, you know, here's a girl used to flowing around. And so I'd get in that white Corvette and I'd drive it back over the hill over Brentwood. It took about an hour to get back there. I couldn't afford the petrol, the gasoline to, to, to run that car. But God was teaching me, teaching me, teaching me. And during the week, I used to go to the vineyard church and they were all wonderfully spirit-filled and the spirit was everywhere. And they just touched you and they just ooey-gooey. But you know what? When a trial came, they fell flat on their faces. And I remember being this English girl there with this three-year-old, thinking, what's the good of being ooey-gooey if you don't know when a trial comes to get that word out? What's the good? And I remember understanding in those days, we need the spirit and the word. We need both. And maybe you haven't realized that in this church you get both. Maybe you have. But that's what we need. That's what we need to overcome. It's no good just having a scripture and screaming at God. Rod was wonderful when he was diagnosed with a few months to live. He said, I'm not just going to hurl a bunch of scripture at God that I know. And I remember feeling uneasy when he was teaching on healing from that. Christ the Healer book, Bosworth, I guess it was. I remember thinking, oh, gosh, this is really, you know, because you teach something, you'll probably be tested on it. Okay? I say probably because I'm not God, but, you know, you may get some grace. But most likely that you will. Most of the things I've ever taught, I've had to go through some tests. And I have had my, my times of complaining, but the only real life is with God. The only real, real life is with God. Okay, so we're talking about dual citizenship. We're talking about asking you, where do you live from? Do you live from your spirit? Do you live from your head, your eyes looking at what's going on? Or do you live from heaven and God's word? Now think about it for a minute. There's a lot of things to pick. There's a lot of things to take from. Habakkuk got it. He trembled at the word of God. He trembled and waited quietly, it says in verse 16, for the day of trouble and distress. Listen, trouble and distress will come. It comes. Sometimes it's just there and it just is a long thing. It just It's like an anchor you're dragging. If you've ever been on a boat, you're dragging an anchor. Like, guy, you just want to cut the chain. But you can't because you need that anchor. 
Sometimes in life, things take a long time to change. But God's there all the time. He's watching. He's waiting. He's for you. So look, Habakkuk got down to verse 17, and he goes, The fig tree doesn't blossom. There's no fruit on the vines. Although the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cast off from the fold, and yet there are no cattle in the stores, yet. (laughs) Yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. Yet all this goes on, yet it looks impossible. I'm going to rejoice in God. He says in the Amplified, the Lord God is my strength. He's my personal bravery, my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and he'll make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress. Upon my high places of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. So what happens when a trial comes? I have a meltdown. I freak out. I'm the same as you. But then I remember God's word and I begin trembling. And I think, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. The Lord God is my personal bravery, my strength. The Lord is. The Lord is my personal bravery. The Lord's with me. The Lord will make my feet to be like hinds feet. I'm not going to stand still in terror. I'm going to make progress on my high place of trouble, suffering, and responsibility. Our spiritual father, Dr. Cole, used to teach, maturity comes with the acceptance of responsibility. That's good, isn't it? Maturity comes with the acceptance of responsibility. So you're a citizen. You're a citizen of heaven. Are you responsible for your street? Are you responsible for the area where you live? Are you responsible for the government? Are you responsible for the nation? Come on, this is really important. People say to me, because we have prayer for Parliament Tuesday nights, why do you need to pray for them? Believe me, they need so much prayer. But I feel God has given me a passion to pray for the music business. But you know what? First, you have to forgive them. You have to release them to come in and be forgiven. And I know I've had a very deep-seated anger because they have the money, they have the fame, they have the influence. And I got up the other morning, I think it was, I don't know, what last week, and I went on Facebook and did some things. And this, this little video, I'm going to ask Elizabeth to play the video. I want you to look at this video for a minute. I want you to watch this. I want you to ask yourself, where am I? Yeah, let's...
I wept the other morning when that came on because I knew I'd let Rod down, I'd let God down. I knew. I knew I could do better. I knew I'd been to heaven. I knew I'd seen the other side. I knew I was a citizen of heaven. But God had to just minister to me, honey, if you're going to be a citizen of heaven, you're going to have to live like heaven while you're on the earth. You're going to have to forgive yourself. I've seen everything you've done. I'm not saying I've killed Rod's pet duck. (laughs) But close to it. (laughs) I don't know what you've done, but I just felt like in the service this morning there needed to be a Christian approach to the future. That if we're going to be citizens, we're going to act like citizens of heaven. We have within us the power of prayer. We have within us the power of forgiveness. Maybe there's some things you need to forgive. Maybe the worship team will come. and We can just minister to the Lord and he can minister to you. You know, not trying to pull anything or make anything happen, but I was so touched by this. I was so touched by this little duck video that, He didn't really mean to kill the duck and take the duck's head off and hurt Granny's duck. I get it. We don't really mean to do bad things, but we miss it. And I believe we're moving into a whole new season. And in this season, there's going to come a harvest of fullness. But you're not going to receive it while you're dragging any baggage in that's from the last season. You have to come into this season with an open heart and an open mind and be made new and let God bring you into a place. Let him do what he wants to do. I was totally shocked the other day when one of our friends rang and said, I've been working on your book cover for you. And I was like, did I ask you to do that? No. God's in charge. God is with you. God's going to be doing some things. Very supernatural. And my prayer is that you let him, let him do what he wants to do. You may want to come forward. You may want to make this an altar, a place of of sanctification. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 